Hey everybody and welcome to the latest edition of Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 12. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. Huge show coming up today as we sit down to talk about all the latest rugby league news like we do at the middle of every week. If you guys haven't, please go over, like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. But as I said, it's a big show coming up today and I'm about to name my State of Origin teams uh, before they get named on Sunday and Monday this week. I've got what I would have, the 1-17 to and my 18th man for both sides, so I'll name that shortly. Some big games coming up this week. We're going to preview all the action of Round 12. Big games including the Roosters versus the Raiders, uh, who have had such a big rivalry since that 2019 Grand Final. And Parramatta versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Both teams suffering big losses for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. It was humiliating the loss to the Panda of Panthers. So we'll cover both of those games. Before we start, though, I just want to acknowledge the passing of Bob Fulton. He was an immortal of the game. He was one of the first coaches in his coaching career to uh, really inspire fitness in the game and, uh, and you know, training every day instead of, you know, training a couple of days a week and then going to have a few beers. But, I mean, he's an absolute legend of the game, a great player. He could play in the centers or at 5'8", and he had so much speed and a blistering pace. He was a great player, and he won three premierships with Manly, um, I believe the last of those was with Captain in the end, coach two Manly Premierships, one in the 80s, and the last one, I believe, in 1996. So, uh, I mean, an absolute legend of the game. He will be sorely missed, and, uh, you know, he was, a, he was a great voice in the radio, on the radio and in media for years as well. So, you'll be missed, uh, Bob Fulton. I also... Read the news last night that Blake Green has announced his retirement from the NRL effective immediately. He was, I think the word to describe Blake Green, he was never a superstar of the game, but he's always someone you could rely on. Uh, a very solid halfback or 5'8", wherever you played him. And when you look at his career, the versatility he had, it's just highlighted um, when you look at all the clubs he played. I mean, he played for the Eels, the Sharks, the Bulldogs, then went overseas and played for the whole Kingston Rovers, then went to Wigan, back to Australia to play for the Storm, Manly, the Warriors, and then Newcastle this year. So um, it was an absolutely uh, great career for Blake Green. He played 270 um, Thursday games between the NRL and Super League altogether. About 160 of those were NRL games. Um, and, you know, it just shows you how versatile he was. As I said, he, he could bounce around teams, fit in instantly, and he was always... Uh, Always someone you could rely on if you uh, if you needed someone to step up in some of those key moments. In 2021, however, you saw the game was starting to uh, to slip from his fingers because there was times in this year with Newcastle when he was on the field that he just struggled to keep up with the pace of the game and uh, could sometimes not read it as well as he used to. So, I mean, as I said, it was a great career. I think that his best season was actually at Manly back in 2017. He only played one year there, but I remember him making a big presence in that season, but uh, congratulations on a great career, Blake Green. The other breaking news before we get into the Origin teams, I'll talk about this one a little bit later, but last night um, and yesterday afternoon in particular, the news about George Williams being immediately released by the Canberra Raiders after weeks of speculation to go back to England was confirmed, and George Williams has come out on Twitter basically blasting the club saying he was forced out the door and he didn't ask for his immediate release. He was asking for a release for the end of the season. Uh, there's been a bunch of rumours about whether or not he was going to play this week and whether he was going to show up the training, that he mentally wasn't okay to do that. So there's a lot of back and forth there. 
What I will say about George Williams is since he came to the club at the start of 2020, he's been a shining light in this Canberra Raiders side. Even this year, they weren't flying, but I think he was constantly one of their best players there. When you look at uh, the 2019 Grand Final, Aiden Caesar was their halfback, and he's a very reliable player. Nothing against Aiden Caesar. Did a great job in that final series, but I just feel like Canberra was lacking a killer instinct and a killer halfback there to to lead the team around and uh, be that you know constant uh, game organizer. And I think that George Williams supplied that, so he's going to be missed by the Raiders. They're going to put Sam Williams in at halfback, presumably now for the end of the year. And he's been floating around for a long time. Sam Williams, I think he played for Canberra back in 2011, so he's 30 years old now. He uh, seems to be a lot more mature, and when he came into first grade and has done the job for Canberra over the last two seasons, he has done a good job. So all this talk about Canberra's season potentially being over just by the release of George Williams, well, there's definitely something going on there at Canberra, but I think it's a bit harsh to to rule them out completely just based on that because Sam Williams is a very solid player and they're in a position where they're four wins and seven losses now, so they've got a big game against the Roosters this week. We'll see how they go, um, but... I mean, it is a it is a huge loss, and Canberra will have some money to explore the open market and see who they can buy for the rest of this year potentially, or in twenty twenty two. So, um, those are all the you know the little tidbits of news that we've heard over the last few days, uh, and I thought that all those were very important and needed to be acknowledged. But uh, I'm going to name my New South Wales State of Origin team now, and the teams do get selected on Sunday uh, for New South Wales, and I believe it is still Monday for Queensland. The first game of Origin taking place in two weeks from today, obviously, at the MCG. Um, it's going to be a huge spectacle. Queensland winning uh, game, State of Origin, you know, game one and game three, winning the series last year, two to one. So New South Wales is going to be out for the revenge there on June 9 when the action kicks off. It's been a tough couple of weeks for both the Origin sides. A fair few people have been ruled out, and I'm running with the assumption that Cameron Munster is not going to be available to play Game 1, if you believe all the rumours. He most likely will be named, but I don't think he'll actually be running out. So unless Queensland are playing games with us all like they have sometimes been known to do, I think that they're going to be missing Cameron Munster for Game 1. And obviously, Angus Crichton and uh, Victor Radley and Ryan Papperhausen all been ruled out of Origin for New South Wales. So... I've got some significant changes from the mould, and I'll start with Queensland, the champions, and that fullback for Queensland, I've named Kalen Ponga. I think he's going to be one of the first selected. I know that Darren Lockie and some of those Queensland selectors are toying with the idea of playing him at 5-8. I think that fullbacks is much better position. He didn't set the world on fire there at 5-8. Um, at Newcastle when he was there, when he started there, I think it was the start of last year, but... Um, I think his best position is uh, is fullback. In this last year's series, he'll be a big asset for them. On the wings, I've got Xavier Coates. Did a great job last year. And Valentine Holmes, it's hard not to have him. His try-scoring history in origin is unbelievable. His strike rate is crazy. I think it still might be the best of all time in state of origin. So he's a, a damaging wing. You've got to have him there. And because they don't have too many outside backs in the centers, I've got Dane Gagai, who's been a reliable figure there. But I've also named Kurt Capewell again, which uh, I think Queensland will run out like that. Um, he's obviously a forward primarily, but he can definitely shift to the centers, and he did a great job there in Game 1. It was a man-of-the-match performance there in Game 1 last year. So they're my 1-5 of Queensland in the halves. Cherry Evans is the halfback, and he's the captain of the team. I think that one's an automatic selection. And then at 5-8, I've got Ben Hunt. I know that there's been a lot of speculation over who will play 5-8 if Munster is ruled out. 
There's been talks of Ponga, as I said, moving to 5'8". Uh, Sam Walker, Reese uh, Walsh, both young kids that are also could be in contention there. I've named Ben Hunt uh, over Corey Norman just for his uh, his experience and how reliable he has been for this Queensland side. And I actually think that Ben Hunt has been playing some of his best football that we've seen in a very long time in 2021, especially at the start of the season before that broken leg. He was uh, on fire for, for the Dragons, so... Um, 5'8", not necessarily his first choice position, and I worry a bit over who's going to be, um, you know, the... I know that Cherry Evans is a very organized halfback, and he likes controlling the game, but I think we need a bit of a ball runner and, uh, at Queensland there, and Ben Hunt hasn't exactly been known for that in the past, but I think they can make it work there. So, uh, in the forwards... Um, the props, I think uh, you pick two reliable guys at 10. You've got Christian Welsh. She's an outstanding player, and he was fantastic for both Melbourne and Queensland last year, and he's been great uh, for Melbourne again this year. One of the best front rolls in the comp, and I've paired him up with uh, Mo Fodawaka there from the Titans. A couple of great seasons, and he's really stepped up in 2021, in my opinion. So uh, at hooker, I've got Harry Grant. Speculation over whether he's going to be fit. I think he'll be ready to go come origin. I mean, it's going to have to take something massive for him to not play in the biggest game of the year. And then in the uh, in the second row in the lock positions for Queensland, I've got Felice Kafusi, David Feeder, and Big Tino for Sulamali. So um, I think they're all 100% shooting to big, big. Big Tino can play in the props, but um, I think that, that second row and lock positions pick themselves there for Queensland. On the bench is an interesting one because I actually struggled to name a Queensland 1-17 to when you have Cameron Munster out. I mean, their depth and forward... If their forward pack isn't fantastic, um, but I still think I've I've named a solid bench. AJ Brimson's going to be the fourteen, in my opinion. I mean, you could go a couple of choices, but he was he did a great job for Queensland uh, in last year's series, and um, he's playing some good football at Gold Coast after a slow start to the season. The forwards I've gone to the bench. Uh, number fifteen, big Jai Arrow, always reliable. Uh, Thomas Flegger, I've gone for a uh, debutant there for Queensland in the sixteen jersey, and my number seventeen, Corey Horsburgh. Um, Jaden Sewell not quite making the cut based on his form at CR Sydney. So um, that's my bench for Queensland. That's my 1-17. to And at the 18th man, I've named Sam Walker um, because he's an exciting young kid. I think he'll definitely benefit from the experience in being that Queensland camp. So just to recap, I've gone Caelan Ponga, Xavier Coates, Dane Gagai, Kurt Capewell, Valentine Holmes, Ben Hunt and Cherry Evans are my halves in the forwards. I've got Mo Fodawaker, Christian Welsh, Harry Grant's the hooker. Felice Kafusi and David Feeder, the second rollers, and Tino Fasilamalali is the lock on the bench. AJ Brimson, Jai Arrow, Tom Flegger, and Corey Horsburgh. That is my Queensland predicted side. We'll see how close I am when those teams get named. We'll move over to New South Wales now. At fullback, I've named James Tedesco. He will be the fullback. He will be the captain. His form hasn't you know, set the world on fire at points during this season, but he's still one of the best, if not the best player in the world. In the wing, on the wings, I've gone Josh Adekar in the five jersey. I think him and Tedesco are automatic selections. They've both been two of the best players for New South Wales since this new kind of era for the Blues started back in 2018. The Fox has never let anyone down, so he's a automatic automatic selection on one wing. The other wing was uh, Daniel Tupo is the uh, incumbent. I don't think he's done enough to keep his spot, however. I toyed with the idea of putting Tom Trojevich out on the wing, where he did play in the 2018 series. But I've gone with uh, Brian Toe. I think he has been setting the world on fire. He's been absolutely outstanding at Penrith. He makes 250 metres a game. Um, he's an absolute freak when he has the football in hand. He's a great attacking player. 
Um, some people have questions over his defense and his ability under the high ball. I think he will do a good job there. I think he will step up for Origin. I think he deserves the chance to do so. Um, in the centers, I've gone, as I said, Tom Chiroyevic. You can play him anywhere. He's just going to be a game-breaker, absolutely outstanding. And Latrell Mitchell's my other center. I think he's done enough at CFs at fullback, where it's a harder position, and you've got to be fitter in that role um, to get a recall into this blue side. And I think he will be the starting center. In the halves, I've gone to Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary. Um, we all knew Cleary is going to get picked there. He's At the moment, he's playing better than any other halfback and maybe any other player in rugby league. He's absolutely outstanding. And Jerome Luai, um, it's important in my opinion, to uh, have halves that are familiar with each other in origin. I know that great players have to be picked before you pick club combinations, but I think Luai um, is the form 5-8 in the comp at the moment, potentially, um, and I think that he's going to do a great job next to Cleary there. And um, There's a lot of contenders. You've got Cody Walker, Jack Wyden, but I think at this current point of time, um, after coming off a serious loss for the Blues, I think you go with uh, a form combination and... Let's start with Lua and Cleary and see how they go. So, yeah, uh, in the forwards, I've gone Regan, Campbell, Gillard, and Payne Huss. Campbell Gillard's been outstanding for Parramatta for a number of years, and I think he uh, withdrew himself from Origin last year because he wasn't a fan of life in the bubble there with the COVID uh, situation. But I think that he's going to add a lot of go forward in the first 20 minutes of the match. And Payne Huss, um, one of the best, if not the best, front row in the comp. You've got to have him in there. So um, they're my front rows. Damien Cook, I'm picking as hooker. I'm retaining him despite a lot of pressure at the moment. There's a lot of talk that Appy Corusia is going to be named for the Blues. And Cook could be the man that gets dropped um, completely because of it. But I know that he's been down on form. His confidence doesn't seem there. His running game has been non-existent um, at times this year, and at other times he's picked the wrong times to run. Um, but his defense is still solid. I know he got exposed a little bit uh, defensively against Penrith last week, but uh, I think that over the years he's got a reputation where he steps up in origin, and he's a great player in general. So I'm backing him to bounce back, and I think he's done enough um, to remain the incumbent and uh, and remain in the side for game one this year. In the second rows, I've gone Keir Murray, and Tyson Frizzell. Tyson Frizzell has been a mainstay for the Blues for years, and with our injury problem, I think that injury problems in the forward, I think that you have to have some reliable heads there, and Frizzell, uh, I think, has been playing great football at Newcastle, so he keeps his spot. Cam Murray is an interesting one in the second row. I would pick Angus Crichton there, um, if I could, and uh, I think Tarek Sims really comes in contention, but Cam Murray is at the stage of his career that he's Constantly being one of the New South Wales best players from the bench when he's been named, and he's been the run of the Rabbitohs' best, if not their best, for years now. I think that you have to start him in Origin, and it's either at lock in the set or in the second row. And I think his versatility really is a benefit to why you play him in the second row, which leads to my lock where I pick Isaiah Yo. I think it's important, as I said, to make Luai and Cleary feel as comfortable as possible if you're going to go that harsh combination. And I think Isaiah Yo has been playing fantastic football uh, in 2021. Maybe not as crazy and as great as he was in 2020, but um, his past couple of seasons have been unbelievable. So you put him in a lock there, and on the bench, you go Jake Tarojevic at 14 because you go Jake because he adds that versatility in the forwards. You can put him in a lock, second row, prop. He can play anywhere in the forward pack. He's always going to do a reliable job, and some people might think it's an insult putting him back to the bench, but I think it's more of a... Uh, a situation, yeah, you need a guy that can play anyone and mobile forward off the bench. I think Jake Trojevich supplies that. And then I've gone Dale Finucane and Junior Paulo in the 15 and 16. Some big bodies, some big game breakers. And I think 
both men uh, can crunch opponents in defense, and I think they can add a lot of spark um, at the 20, 30-minute mark of each half. So I've gone for Nukin and Paulo, and then my 17, my utility for the Blues, is Jack Wyden. It's interesting because he's the Dalian medalist of the year, so you look at it and you go, how can't you find a starting spot for him? But his form's been a little bit down in 2021. I think that he's a better choice than some of the other options for this utility spot because I think he can play at fullback in the centers or in the halves. I don't know if he's going to you know, offer anything in the forwards, but that's why you have Jake Zorovich on the bench. And he is a, is a game winner. You put Jack Wyden on when you need him. Um, I think that the form of Latrell Mitchell and Tom Zorovich and Jerome Luai, all those guys in his positions that he would get picked for, um, have been so outstanding that you can't pick him over them. But I think you have to have him in the 17. So Jack Wyden is my utility. And then an 18th man, uh, the unlucky man that misses out. He's a great player, but I just couldn't find a spot for him, and that's Clint Gufson. So uh, he's definitely in the system, and if the Blues were to lose game one, I think he would definitely come into calculations. So um, those are my state of origin predicted lineups, or the, or the sides that I'd pick anyway. Um, it'll be interesting to see what direction both teams go when they name the teams a little bit later this week. All right, let's get into round 12's footy tips now. I hope you guys enjoyed this part of the show. If you haven't, uh, please like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. Subscribe, like, share the podcast with your friends, whether it be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you guys listen to this podcast each and every week. Let's make the rest of 2021 even bigger than this year's been so far for the podcast. Thank you guys for all your support and everything you guys do to help me each and every week. All right, let's get into the action of Round 12. All right, Round 12 kicks off on Thursday night from Suncorp Stadium up there in Queensland when the Brisbane Broncos host the Melbourne Storm. For the Broncos, it was a fantastic victory last Saturday. Easily the upset of the round when they defeated the Roosters um, in you know convincing fashion, winning that game 34-16. It was a dominant performance for them. Albert Kelly returned to first grade and, and played his first NRL game for the first time since 2014. <clears throat> Did a great job. And uh, him he connected with Tyson Gamble and combined with him very well. And I feel like uh, he's got a lot to offer at the Broncos for the rest of the season. They're versing a Melbourne Storm side that has been traveling along nicely. They've been down on troops in the last month, and they just keep finding a way to show up for each other. Nico Hines and Brennan Smith were outstanding in the victory over the Canberra Raiders last week, and they welcomed back Jerome Hughes back into the halves this week. Um, Chris Lewis and Cooper Johns both did a uh, admirable job there, um, but the return of Jerome Lewis is definitely going to help them. He's partnering Chris Lewis again this week. Um, so it's going to be an interesting contest. I mean, still no Pat Hearson, still no Kenny Bromwich, and still no Cameron Munster there for the Storm. But the way they're traveling, um, Craig Bellamy just keeps putting anybody, and not anybody, but he just keeps putting guys that he has in the system uh, into first grade, and they keep showing up and doing the job. Guys like Aaron Booth and um, Trent Lolero, L- 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 both, they're all doing fantastic jobs there. So, I mean, they're going to be hard to beat as always. Brisbane at, you know, in front of their home crowd, and they've actually got a bit of a uh, rant to go on right now. If you've been watching the podcast over the last couple of months, every time I tip Brisbane to upset a team, Brisbane lose. Every time I tip against Brisbane, uh, they win. Two weeks ago, I tipped them to beat Manly. I said, you know what? Brisbane have got something to play for here in front of their home crowd at Magic Rounds. Um, they've got a good side on paper, and they can win a lot of games in 2021. What do they do? They lose 50-6. to six. The next week, I'm going, okay, they lost 50-6 to six there. All over the shop, I'm going to have to tip the Roosters, a professional team like the Roosters, to beat them. They come out, the, they upset the Sydney Roosters. How do you pick 
a match involving the Broncos. I mean, on paper right now, the Storm, they're weakened. The Broncos, I think they're a chance in this game, but how can you tip them? How can you tip them? Because you never know what they're going to come up with, and when I don't tip them, they win. So if I tip Melbourne this week, you can bet your ass that, that Brisbane are going to find a way to win this game. So I'm in a no-win situation at the moment. I just somehow need to break the streak and get a and get a match involving the Bruce, uh, the Broncos tipped correctly. And um, as I said, they played really well last week. Uh, they've got some new forwards, uh, some of these young kids, in Kobe Heverington and uh, Big Keenan uh, Palasa did a great job. He scored a try last week. It was a great debut for him. They've also named a young kid called TC Rabadi um, to debut this week. And they're lacking, you know, they've got a couple guys out uh, suspended, Tyson Gamble and Jordan Ricky. But I think if they can start well in this game against the Storm, then they're a real chance. But as I just said when I went on that rant, how do you how do you tip the Broncos? They've let me down too many times. And even when I don't tip them, they let me down. They win. So um, I'm going to go to the Storm. But in saying that, the Broncos are probably going to win it because I'm tipping the Storm. I'm tipping the Storm by 14. I just think they've got too much class when it matters. And um, even without some of their superstars, this is what other clubs should aspire to be because they've got so much depth for their club. They can put in some makeshift first graders and they can get the job done. So it's uh, absolutely... Uh, amazing what Melbourne are doing at the moment and as a lot of people know it could all be heading towards the Storm and Penrith Grand Final rematch in October the way it's going so um, great work by there by Melbourne and I expect the winning streak to continue on Thursday night Alright, Friday night's shaping to be a very interesting game. Two teams that are desperate for a win, the North Queensland Cowboys go up against the New Zealand Warriors and uh, both of these teams um Weren't bad last week. They both got the win on the board. The They're both in trouble. The Cowboys were down to 11 men against the Knights and really showed some heart to hold out there and, and win that game. And the Warriors, a good come-from-behind victory over the Tigers. Last week on the podcast, I said the Warriors need to find a way to get Reese Walsh, Roger Tilvavishek, Cody Nicarima, and Chanel Tavita-Harris all on the field at the same time. They're their four most damaging um, attacking players and definitely their organisers and um, playmakers of that side. They managed to do that by shifting RTS to the wing with the injury of Kevin Marlow. They've done that again this week. Reese Walsh will line up in his second game at fullback um, starting and he was outstanding last week. He's easily the man in the match and was one of the best players all weekend. Um, you can just tell this kid's going to be a special talent for a lot of years to come, as long as he stays injury-free. But um, he was just setting up players to score tries at will, scored a couple himself. And, um, you know, the Broncos have to be really regretting letting him and Sam Walker go. I don't know who's making the decisions out Brisbane and who did not see that potential in Reese Walsh. But um, he is absolutely killing it. And uh, with the departure of Roger Tuivavi Shek, as bad as that is, because he's been their best player for the last five years, it's, um, I'm sure it's going to be reassuring for him that he's leaving that club with a fullback as capable and with as much potential as the young Reese Walsh. So, um, as I said, they're, they're starting to... Their defense at times is questionable, the Warriors, and they really... Their commitment in defense is worrying because they can leak a lot of points and they can leak some points quickly, but uh, their attack is starting to really fire. Even in that game against Parramatta, they came back and showed some heart and um, got some points on the board late. So um, I think that, as I said, with all this strike power on the field, they're going to be hard to contain for the Cowboys for 80 minutes. And the Cowboys are traveling really well. They're going a lot better than I thought they would at the start of the year. But... Uh, Jason Tabalolo and Lock and Burr both suspended this week. They're, they're a bit short on troops. Um, 
for them to win the Cowboys this game, you've got to imagine it's going to have to be some great performance yet again by Scott Drinkwater and Valentine Holmes. They've been their two best players for the past month or two, and they're playing great. Um, good to see Helium Lukey, who scored a try and debut last week, uh, get back on the bench this week. But uh, as I said, I, I feel like the Warriors have more points in them, and I don't know if the Cowboys' defense is all it's cracked up to be. I mean... I know that Knights scored a few points there, a few tries where the Cowboys were down to 11 men, but um, I think when you got a classy attacking outfit, it, it, we saw it a fortnight ago against the Roosters that the Cowboys sometimes can just not keep pace. And I don't think the Warriors are flying with confidence at the moment, but I think they've got enough uh, star power on the field with the football in hand to score enough points to beat this Cowboys side. So I've got the Warriors by eight points in this game, but I think it's going to be back and forth. And I think you can kind of put a red line over who doesn't win this game um, in terms of making the finals. I mean, the Cowboys are in the top eight, so statistically, you know, both teams will still be a chance, but because they're both, I think they've both got five wins and, and six losses on the board at the moment, but I think that this is a, a huge game in relation to both those teams, these teams' season. So I've got the Warriors by eight in this match. The second game of Friday Night Football takes place at Bankwest Stadium when the West Tigers host the St. George Illawarra Dragons. And last game, I really talked about how both the Cowboys and the Warriors desperately need a win. Well, it's the same in this game. The Tigers should have beaten the Warriors last week. They had that game won and just couldn't finish it. Um, they find themselves with three wins and eight losses. And for their 2021 season to really throw up anything, this is a must-win game for them. The Dragons, alternately, they've got five wins and six losses, but the last month has not been great for them at all. And again, um, I know they were down on troops in that game against the Sharks, but that was the game they should have won last Friday night also. Um, you know, that they did a, such a good job. And from like an Andrew McCulloch charge down to the, just commitment in defense by this Dragon side that was missing so many stars, um, for them to compete the whole 80 minutes, get the game to golden points, and then being in a position to win the game, Corey Norman had missed two field goals, but for them to run on the last tackle when they're 30 metres out from an opponent's uh, try line instead of trying to line the field goal up was absolutely insanity. And uh, then the Sharks get down their end and kick that field goal in that game 13-12. to 12. Uh, Ben Hunt, you're the million-dollar man. Where were you in that situation? You've had a good season. I don't want to bag on you too much, but... Um, someone should have stepped up if it wasn't going to be Corey Norman and had a go at that field goal because instead you really you didn't look like scoring and he just threw the game away for the Sharks. Um, so as I said, it's an important game for both of these team seasons. The Dragons, they've lost more games than they won, but they still find themselves in the eight at the moment. But this is a big game in relation to their season. They've got some injuries. Um, they've got some troops coming back soon, but it needs to start this week. Um... They welcome back Tarek Sims. Uh, they get Gerard Beal, who was a mid-season signing there in the centres. And, uh, you know, if they're serious about their season, they should be beating this inconsistent Tigers team. But that's the whole thing with the Tigers. You never know what they're going to dish out. Um, Jimmy the Jets being named in the, on the wing this week. Who knows how that's going to go with the Leilua dropping out the side. But I think we're at a point in the season where Maguire's just doesn't have any answers in how to fix the mess that the Tigers find themselves in at the moment. And, you know, you might have the games where Adam Dewey and Luke Brooks are looking outstanding, but it needs to be consistent. And I just don't... 
I just, I'm not in a position where I can tip the Tigers to win any football match at the moment. I tipped them last week. They let me down. I also tipped the Dragons, and they let me down. But I feel like what Anthony Griffin's trying to accomplish there at the Dragons in terms of his commitment with the defense that he's uh, established there this year, they had so many players yet, especially in the forward pack last week. They had guys like Kerr and, and Billy Burns being makeshift second rollers and starting second rollers, starting forwards. But they stepped up and got the job done for the majority of that game. And I think they're really starting to um, really starting to believe in, in the foundations that Anthony Griffin's, um, you know, laying down uh, the platforms that he's, that he's making there at the club. And I think that's a really good sign for the Dragons heading into the future. When they can get their stars back on board, I think they can really make a push for the finals. And uh, But if they do, they have to win this game. So I've got the Dragons by 12 points. I think that sometimes their attack can suffer, but I think their defense is going to get them over the line in this game. Man, I think we're already up to the half an hour point of this podcast, and we're just up to the Super Saturday, which is my favorite time of the week, don't get me wrong, but I think we need to start flying through some of these match predictions. My State of Origin segment went a little bit too long, but... Um, in the first game of Super Saturday, it all kicks off at Blue Bet Stadium when the Penrith Panthers host the Canterbury Bulldogs. The Panthers were absolutely on fire last week against South Sydney. For South Sydney to be, you know, touted as one of their their biggest chances to beat Penrith this year and one of their, you know, most fierce uh, competition for the for the Premiership this year, they absolutely destroyed them in every aspect of the game. You could tell from the opening sets they were just on their Dubbo, and they out in first CF. CFs were terrible. We'll get into them in the next match preview, but they were awful, but Penrith were absolutely outstanding. It was great to see Burden in front of his home crowd score a hat-trick. Uh, Charlie Staines go back there as well and uh, have, a, have a decent game for him, but uh, David Cleary, he is on a different level um, as a halfback in 2021. It, it might be the best individual season I've seen for a halfback at least since Andrew Johns was playing in RL, and that's a huge call, but Cleary's on a different level at the moment, and you've just got to hope you're a Blues fan that it can carry that form into origin, but I mean, you look at it last week, 28 points, two tries, two try assists, uh, and that's not even, you know, mentioning the input of guys like uh, Jerome Luai, who was outstanding, Brian Toho, who was great again, Kurt Capewell, the thing of it is just on another level, uh, at the moment, I don't see them losing a, a even with Origin and with all their you know players that will most likely be selected in the Blues side. I just don't see the Panthers losing a match anytime soon, and they could honestly. I'm starting to believe what my my old man told me at the start of the season. Penrith could potentially go through the entire season undefeated this year. It's they're on another level, and I think that when push comes to shove, the the Storm might you know be be a bit too classy for them in the grand final but Penrith if they can get it right man this is a run like I don't know if I've ever seen in my life and um, I've criticised the NRL and how you know the, the quality of matches and I think it probably is the worst NRL season we've ever had in terms of in terms of quality this season with the new rules and everything that's con- contributed to it um, but you know Penrith as a they're on another level at the moment. It's outstanding to see. In this game, they're versing the Bulldogs. And, you know, the Bulldogs are going to be in matches but I, and, and compete like they did um, last week. But I just don't see, you know, I don't see a way where they can win this game. And Penrith is going to be too classy. They've got too much firepower throughout the whole park. I think they're $21 to win this game head-to-head. The 
the Bulldogs, but Penrith will be too good. I've got Penrith by 40 in this match, and that's been generous, to be honest, because um, they're one of the best attackive teams we've ever seen. All right, Super Saturday will continue at 5.30 when the South City Rabbitohs take on the Parramatta Eels, and both teams coming off big losses last week. We'll start with the Eels because... I'm very upset when I just even think about the South Sydney Rabbitohs form at the moment. Parramatta were out in foods last week. Obviously, the passing of Bob Fulton there on Sunday um, really inspired this Manly side, but Manly just bashed them in defence. They were fantastic. Um, Tom Sarovic, again, was the orchestrator of their attack, and uh, Parramatta just couldn't keep up. Um, Manly beat them in every facet of that game, and you know they've only lost two games to Eels, so definitely not you know penny time. Their attack went missing, um, and you know this has been the problem in the finals for them in the past few years. But you know premierships aren't won in May. Parramatta still have plenty of time to get it right in those big matches, and they proved in against Melbourne early in the year, even though Melbourne might have been a little bit off in that game, that they can um, beat some of the juggernauts of this competition. And I think Manly are really progressing to potentially be a juggernaut. Um, in 2021, um, as long as, you know, Tom Trurovich and the rest of their stars stay fit. But the Eels, uh, they, they're going to be fired up and ready to combat and, you know, try to take advantage of a weakened South Sydney side at the moment. They do welcome back Cam Murray this week, uh, which is going to make the world a difference in the forward pack. He's been the Rabbitohs' best player for several years, and you've got to hope that he's going to be able to make a difference uh, to this side, but I've made no secret on this podcast. I am a Rabbitohs supporter, and this season, um, I went into the year with plenty of expectation for the Rabbitohs, and in the past three weeks, it just simply hasn't been good enough. I mean, when the Rabbitohs were getting wins early in the year, and when you look at it, they're eight wins and three losses, and their three losses have only been to the Panthers and the Storm last year's grand finalists, and still the best two teams in the competition, but even when they're beating teams like the Titans and two weeks ago when they beat Cronulla. Um, they were doing enough to win, but their defense was just not up to standard. And we really saw it on display on Sunday. They had everything to play for South Sydney going to Dubbo. As the underdogs, like Wayne Bennett coach sides, love being the underdogs. And Penrith had a couple players out. But they were just well off the pace, beating every facet of the game. And it was extremely disappointing. Extremely disappointing for the Rabbitohs because... They were my premiership prediction at the start of the year, and I said anything less than a grand final appearance for the Rabbitohs in 2021 would be an extreme disappointment, especially when you consider that Wayne Bennett's leaving the club at the end of the year, and now that Adam Reynolds is joining him, and uh, Reynolds is going up to Brisbane. It seems like it's a now-or-never situation for this current squad of players uh, under the South Sydney banner, and they were just... It was a pathetic performance. I've seen better South Sydney performances by Wooden Spoon winning South Sydney teams. They just were not in the contest at all. Um, Latrell Mitchell and Campbell Graham, I'll give some honourable mentions to because they really looked like they wanted to be there. Some of Campbell Graham's defence in his comeback game were great. He, he stung um, opponents with, with some bone crunches, but overall... I mean, it's just not good enough um, in first grade. And for a team with so much expectation to them, they have a big game against the favourites of the Premiership and they don't show up at all. Uh, As a South Sydney fan, I'm angry, I'm disappointed, and I want to see something for the rest of the season. Because at the moment, I know you might be overacting. The Rabbitohs are eight wins and three losses. But to concede 50 points, which a team's never won the comp conceding 50 points, as we pretty much all know at this point. But to do it, in two times in three weeks, it's not good enough, and uh, there needs to be some significant changes there at CS. Wayne Bennett has responded in kind. Josh Mantle's out 
with an injury, thankfully, because I think he would have been dropped otherwise. But uh, Jaden Sewer has been dropped for his bad defense last week. Tom Burgess has been put back in the back to the bench, and they've dropped uh, dropped someone else that I'm just trying to remember. But they've made significant changes uh, there, Souths, in particular in their forward pack. Uh, Liam Knight was the other one that that dropped out after some bad missed tackles as well. So, um, Jai Arrow's starting prop. They made some some significant changes. So we'll see how it goes this week against the Parramatta side. That, as I said, they failed to fire last week. It's going to be a bounce back situation for both teams. I don't know how South Sydney are favourites in this match because the uh, the Eels. You know, they're playing better branded football at the moment, despite only scoring one try last week. Their attack's been electric. See how Sydney's are when it comes on, but Seahawks have just been way too inconsistent at the moment. Seahawks have got plenty to prove this week um, that they can be contenders for the rest of the year, and they've got plenty to play for. But on top of what they've got to play for with some humiliating defeats, they've also got Indigenous around this year. And, um, you know, all the Indigenous players in the comp seem to step up in this round, um, as, you know, they should. They're very proud of their heritage. But CF Sydney, over the last few years, have a, have a very... Um, successful track record in Indigenous round. In particular, guys like Latrell Mitchell, Dane Gagai, Cody Walker really um, play great historically in Indigenous games. And um, I think that it could be a real benefit for them and uh, for those guys in particular to get fired up. The rest of the team should be plenty fired up. So I think we're going to get a real firing contest. The Rabbitohs, as I said, if there are any chance in this game, their defense has to be one million times better because Parramatta are a good football team despite losing to a, a, a manly team that's on fire at the moment. Their forwards are going to be coming at you. Guys like Nathan Brown, um, Isaiah Papali, Ryan Madison, uh, Big Campbell Gillard and Junior Paulo. It's going to be a huge challenge for Seahawks to to stop that early momentum from Parramatta, but if they can and get their, you know, some of their strike weapons into the game, um, then they can really, really make contests of this and particularly and potentially win it. They could still score points, and guys like Latrell Mitchell uh, looked great in that game against Penrith, despite all the points getting scored against the Rabbitohs. So we know they've got it in them. It's just whether they're going to bring it out this week. I expect Parramatta to be backed at their best. Um, I'm really torn over who to tip in this match, but I'm leaning the way, even though they're favourites and even though you know it's humiliating, I'm leaning the way of my club, South Sydney. You might say it's a bias thing, but I feel like that they've got more to prove because I feel like if South lose this week, uh, their season could be completely derailed. And I think that Parramatta are in a place where um, they're going to be playing some, some good football for the rest of the year. I don't think they're going off the rails anytime soon. And um, I just think it's a more important game for CFs in uh, in relation to their season and beyond. They need a big performance this week. I think we're going to get it. I think the Rabbitohs will win by four points. The Eels aren't going to make it easy for them um, because they're a great football team on their day, Parramatta. But um, I think that CFs, if they don't perform this week, when are they going to perform for the rest of the year? You can just basically... If they don't win this week, you can basically count the Rabbitohs out if they, even if they do make the finals as a, a round one exit of the finals, a week one exit. So I've got CS by four points, but I'm very conflicted in terms of this contest. All right, my, my rant with CS Rover. Again, I'm going too long with this podcast, so we're going to have to try to make some of these match predictions a little bit shorter for the rest of the week. Um, next up, we've got the Roosters and Canberra in the main event of Super Saturday, and the Roosters, they weren't good enough last week against the Broncos. They were very much off the pace. Sam Walker looked exhausted, looked tired. Um, he's had a big first couple months of his first-grade career in the NRL. 
Uh, maybe it would be wise for them to give him a break sooner than later. I think he's going to need a break some point before the finals. Um, they also um, are missing Victor Radley this week and Angus Crichton, both suspended after last week. They do welcome the return of Josh Morris, uh, Joseph Suwali, was good last week without you know setting the world on fire like so many people expected him to to be. He's gone back to 18th man this week, so Josh Morris um, is going to add a lot to their attack on the edges there um, as they try to get back to their best. Um, but they're versing a Canberra Raiders side that you know is engulfed in controversy at the moment. I already addressed the George Williams situation at the beginning of the show, but um, you know he's. It, that situation has left such a massive hole in the club. They've still got chance to go Clodstadt out potentially now for the rest of the regular season. Um, and they find themselves with three wins and, uh, sorry, they find themselves with four wins and seven losses. Um, this is shaping up to be a huge week in relation to Canberra's season. They lose this game. I think they've got an easier run coming up after the bye that they have next week. But, um, if they're going to be serious about making the finals, they need to win this game of football. And uh, they're versing it, really, they're versing a, a Rooster side that are also missing a few, down on confidence after last week's loss. And um, I think this match is going to be a real grind. Canberra have a history of stepping up in matches against the Roosters ever since that 2019 grand final. They've really had the wood over the Sydney Roosters in contests. Um, Sam Williams, as I said, is a, is a decent, is a reliable, solid halfback. Um, it'll be interesting to see he, how he combines with Wyden. But really, with George Williams out of the team now for the rest of the season, gone over to, back to England, it's really got, got to be Jack Wyden's team. He's got to put his input on it. He's been a little bit quiet in 2021, and I expect his running game um, to really take shape in this match. He needs to take on the Roosters' line um, and try to lift this Canberra Raiders side because they're in a hole at the moment. Um, it looks like he could be worse getting worse before it gets better for them. And um, they're in a very winnable match this weekend because even though they get Josh Morris back, the Roosters aren't in a great place themselves at the moment. I think that Lachlan Lamb has been great since he's come back into the first grade, but I just I think this is the point of the season with all these injuries that could really start affecting the Roosters. Uh, they've got the best player in the world on their side, Tedesco, so you can never completely rule them out. But I think the injuries are really starting to stack up for them. And... Um, Again, this is another one of these matches. I don't know which way I'm leaning. I actually, despite all the pressure the club's been under this week and all the controversy they've been under this month, I'm leaning towards a Canberra upset. I think that they can really get up for this match against the, the Roosters, their arch rivals. And um, I expect a lot of improvement from their club. The last week, um, that game against Melbourne, they were in that contest in the first half before getting blown away in the second half. Their second half is a real issue for Ricky Stewart. He needs to address it. But I think that Sam Williams adds a new culture to the club. And, um, you know, it they, they've got to get over this whole, the year hasn't gone how we've wanted it to so far mentality. They need to move on. And I think that this is, if they're not going to do it this week, um, you can put a red line through the Raiders 2021 for sure. So I've gone the Raiders for for the upset by six points, but um, you know it's not going to be easy. It never is against the Roosters, even a depleted Roosters lineup. But uh, I've gone the Raiders by six in this one. Sunday afternoon football kicks off from the CEX Coffs International Stadium. I don't know where that is to be honest. I might have to look that up during this match preview. But uh, the Cronulla Sharks host the Gold Coast Titans. Both these teams. Not playing great football at the moment. Both teams managed to get a win last week. Um, I think it was more important for Gold Coast to get one without their their main man in David Feeder, who's back from suspension this week. Um, they're just a club that you know when the pressure gets put on them, they seem to go missing. Uh, the Gold Coast Titans, they've got a much 
you know, they've got all the talent in the world in their side, but they need to put it together, and they really just struggled to gel so far uh, this season. Turns out that Coffs International Har- uh, Stadium is at in Coff Har- Coffs Harbour in New South Wales. So um, who knew that that's where they were playing this week? But Cronulla, it was a good win against the Dragons last week. They grinded it out. It was Josh Hennig's first win as coach. They're going to be looking to build on the back of that victory. Chad Townsend's been dropped this week, which is a huge call by Josh Hannay. Um, Moylan and Johnson are going to be the halves. It might have something to do with the fact that Townsend's you know, leaving the club and going to the Cowboys after this season, but still a very interesting move. Will Kennedy's been the standout for the Sharks, without a doubt, this year. Um, just like in 2020, he's been a great uh, asset to them. And who would have thought with you know Moylan, Johnson, and Townsend available all at the same time that uh, he would still be starting fullback. And Dugan, he would still be starting fullback, uh, Will Kennedy. He's just playing a good brand of football and um, he's really leading the, the club by example. Their forward pack really needs to step up if they're a chance against the Titans. With David Feeder back, he's uh, going to be... How are you going to stop him? He's, he's going to be unstoppable in this match. And uh, Big Tino, Mofot Awake is playing some good football. Uh, the Sharks forward pack really need to aim up in this match, but I think the Titans might just be a little bit too strong. Um... Even though I predicted them at the start of the year, I don't see Gold Coast as a finals team so far from what I've seen from this season. They're five and six. I said it could take a couple months for them to gel, but this is the point of the season, especially with Origin coming up, and they're going to be facing some depleted sides that they need to start putting some full performances together. And I want to see their halves. AJ Brimson starting to get in some good form, but their halves, whether it's uh, Tanner Boyd or Ash Taylor that partner with Jamil Fogarty, they really need to step up and take the uh, game by the scruff of the neck. But... I've got the Titans in this game by six points just because I think that Cronulla is still just going through the motions. They're trying to get to the end of the season. Um, this year's a write-off for them, and I think that a lot of those guys in that organization know that, and at times they've given up in contests. They didn't last week to their credit, but I think the Titans have more to play for, and I think the Titans will win this game by about 10 points. All right, which leads me to my final game of the round. Uh, this one taking place at 4.05 p.m. from... McDonald Jones Stadium up there at Newcastle, the Knights versus Manly. The Knights desperately needed him back, and they've got him back. Kalen Pong is back into the squad this year. Blake Green of, uh, this week. Blake Green, of course, announced his retirement earlier this week as well. Um, they also welcome back Braden Best into the squad. For Manly, they get Curtis Surin and one of their forward leaders um, back this week. He's starting off the bench. They're still going with Carl Lawton um, and Sean Kepi as their... The starting second rows will be interesting to see if Curtis Hirnan comes into the starting team on match day. But um, Tom Sarovic, absolutely outstanding as always. His influence on this team um, is probably the greatest I've ever seen um, a player having on an individual side, apart from maybe Andrew Johns. Uh, but this team has transformed over the last few months, and it was all uh, highlighted with their great upset victory over the Parramatta Eels. Josh Schuster at 5'8 is fantastic. He's been great, going great wherever he plays, but I think that, you know, for him, he was starting to get better before he got injured, and I think that maybe, yeah, have him as a bit of an impact player in the last 20 minutes off the bench, maybe similar to, like, Benji Marshall at the South Sydney Rabbitohs, but um, I don't see how he can't Hey, how you can bench Schuster. I mean, I know Curtis Sirenon back into the starting side soon, but Schuster's just playing some great ball at the moment. He's combining with the team really well, and you really saw what the win on Sunday meant to me and Lee. They, uh, they really stepped up for Bob Fulton. Tom Sarovic just gave Jason Saab an absolute baking uh, after Saab made an error on the weekend, but... Um, this side, it's high on confidence, and they're going to take a lot of confidence into this game this week against Newcastle. Um, 
Newcastle, they're in danger of being like a lot of these sides where 2021 could be getting away from them. Mitchell Pearce still out for a long period of time. Um, their forward pack in their defense is pretty much back to full full strength. I mean, you look at this starting forward pack, Saifidi, Clemmer, Frizzell, Fitzgibbon, Barnett. It is a great forward pack, and they need to use that um, and they need to try to bully this Manly side that bullied Parramatta last week. Their forward packs need to step up if there are any chance because, as I said, Manly are playing such a enterprising bringing to football at the moment, and their forwards are just ripping through opposition. So, um, as I said, if Newcastle are any chance, they need to set a platform with their forwards to give guys like Caelan Ponger and Kurt Mann a chance to uh, work their magic and break the game open. But Manly just too strong at the moment. Uh, I think they're going to breeze through this, even though it's at Newcastle, and going to Newcastle is usually a hard place to play. I actually think Manly will win this game quite comfortably. I've got Manly by 24 points, and I think that shows you the difference in the class between these two clubs at the moment. All right, guys, uh, a bit of a longer show this week because I really dive deep into the Origin teams, but hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast. Just to recap my round 12 tips, and on Thursday night, I've got the Storm being too good for the Broncos, who will probably disappoint me again and upset them. Um, on Friday night, I've got the Warriors defeating the Cowboys, the Dragons beating the Tigers. I've got the Bull, uh, sorry, the Panthers destroying the Bulldogs on Super Saturday, South Sydney uh, somehow getting it together against the Parramatta Eels and the Canberra Raiders having a huge upset against the Sydney Roosters to end Super Saturday. The Sunday games, I've got the Titans being too strong for the Sharks and Manly being too strong for Newcastle. Best of the week, I think that uh, the Warriors at $1.80 are absolute specials against the Cowboys. Um, I think that with all their strike weapons starting in the starting lineup, that the Cowboys are just not going to be able to contain them for 80 minutes. And the defense isn't great, but I think the Warriors will... Having us to get the job done um, with how Manly are flying, you can't not put Manly in there. So let's put Manly in there as well to beat Newcastle to dollar twenty-five. That gives you about two dollars ten, and I think that's a a lock of the week there. The Warriors into the Manly Seagulls. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast this week. Um, Origin sides will be out next week, so we'll have plenty to talk about again. If you haven't, please like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook and uh, subscribe to whoever you guys listen to your favorite podcast each week, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for listening to the show this week. Enjoy your football this weekend, and I'll see you guys next week on the show.